This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. The access not to read an ad. Enjoy the show. I guess that's the ad. Yep. So, uh, thanks, Cards. So, what can we do with all this extra time that we saved? We have know. 10 more seconds. Okay. Um, you should go to openended.fm slash donate to sponsor to us directly, or you should go to patreon.com slash openended to be a member starting at $1 a month. I think that's under 10 seconds, but anyway, that is patreon.com slash openended. You know what? We actually have like 15 more seconds. Oh, damn it, James. Okay. Well, I can throw that again if you have any change because we're clearly desperate for money here at uh, Open Ended. You should go to openended.com. That's openended.fm. I don't know our website name. It's dot, it's .fm or .com. Openended.fm slash donate. Okay. You said it really chill there, so I was kind of hyped and you're really chill. We have two seconds left. I like M&M's. Hey everybody, this is Cher, just gonna get in here and let you know that uh, this episode's got some cursing in it, got a bit of the swear words, so uh, you should turn it down or save it for later if, if kids are in the room, or if people who don't really like cursing are in the room. Like me, I hate f- cursing. Oh wait, f- I go. Damn it, Damn James. It. I can't. Yeah, whatever. This is an open-ended podcast. I'm Cher Vincent. And I'm James T. Green. sound of my forehead hitting the mic yep a do, metaphorical face palm do you want to know why why do you want to know why why well obviously you know this because you were here because yeah. what happened james fun fact is that this is the second time yep that we are recording this deja vu this is the second time we are recording this because mm-hmm. as soon as we finished recording the first round of this episode it was mm-hmm. perfect it was done it's everything done. was great i made a backup i made two backups like i always do and guess what well it's not even guess what because you were right here with me i know the file got corrupted completely corrupted it was it, like the entire meat of the episode is just gone everything that i put into my heart and my soul just gone yeah so yeah long story short we recorded the entire episode mm-hmm. and we were even the after show with the whole thing yeah and we saved it out we exported it i put the backups out and then all of a sudden garage band decided to just say nope fuck you nope i'm gonna corrupt those audio channels and mm-hmm. we're not gonna load you back in nope so it was all gone so yep. for the first time ever in open-ended history episode 18 
we lost a complete episode and our backups were corrupted. Yep, but it's bound to happen. So thanks, GarageBand. Thank you, technology. Thank you, technology. And guess what? It was super hilarious because this week's episode was on data. About data. Data. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Here I am again about to jump into our conversation. I really wish y'all could hear the first round of it. Because it was, was good. really good. It, it was, was a good. really good round. But you know what? This one's going to be even you better. Yeah, this one's going to even be even better. Because I could talk about stuff I didn't even put in the first time. So yeah. That's cool. So it was like a practice round. So Absolutely. We'll, so. we'll re- relax. I'll mm-hmm. relax. Yeah, you relax. I'm, I, I was kind of relaxed. I had another beer. I went on a mini Twitter rant. It was yeah. great. You should check it out. Go to the archives. <laughs> I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. Please do. It's pretty. It was, it was good. Pretty, spe- pretty spectacular. It was good. So I'm going to ask you again. <laughs> how are you this week? Um. Yeah. Um, I had a rant of my own, but kind of in private. Um. For those who have longtime listeners of the show, you probably know about me moving to New York City, and. Um, my anxiety over that and, you know, that, you know, black abyss that is moving and relocation and all of that. But, um, in the past two weeks since we've been off the air, since we really haven't put out much in the past two weeks, we had a little dispatch last week, um, that James put out, but nothing of an actual, you know, full episode. Um, but there has been some family development on my end as well. And, um... Yeah, it has. I've come to the decision that I'm staying in Chicago indefinitely and finishing my degree here. And it was a decision that, you know, it wasn't overnight. It wasn't something that I had, you know, just decided to do on a whim. It was something I've been thinking about on and off, kind of in the background for the past couple of months, just because of this family development that has been. Um, kind of going on intermittently for the past two years, and I've tried my best to handle it and deal with it the way that I could and still be able to move, but I've been back and forth, back and forth for a while, and um, it just seems like the right thing to do, and it really came down to just realizing that moving to New York and doing my education and staying here didn't have to be mutually exclusive that I could do what I wanted to do in my postgraduate work instead of um, here, you know, instead of moving away. And I felt like I had, I had fixated on moving away so for so long and feeling that the only way I could do this is not being in the city that I forgot that I could do in the city, that being here is not a crutch, but definitely a asset I have great friends here. I have family here. I can do all the things that I want to do here. And it took a while to come to that term, come to the terms with that. But, um, yeah, it's happening. I am not ecstatic about it. And I'm not really happy with it. But um, I'm at peace with it. And I think that's more important than trying to chase um, happiness that is usually fleeting anyway. Um trying to make sure that I can sleep at night and um, know that at the end of the day I'm making the right decision and I'm pretty good with that. So yeah, long story short, I'm staying. So you don't have to worry about um, weird audio from the podcast and, you know, trying to figure out how we're going to do this through Skype, which is what we're going to do potentially in a couple of weeks when I was meant to move away. So um, 
yeah, that is uh, a good thing, I think. Yeah, well, it'll be good to have you here yeah. amidst the circumstances. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find a silver lining, and uh, this definitely is part of that silver lining, as well as um, my friends here and, of course, my family. So, yeah. Staying around, guys. You have to put up with my not-so-cute mug for a little bit longer. Sorry. You could definitely choose a lot more of a worse city to have to stay in. Yeah, exactly. Let's just say that. For sure. I mean, like, and that was also part of the thing, too, just perspective. Like, it's not like my hometown is, you know, some flyover state, you know, some random little town in Nebraska or Idaho. Not that those places are bad by any means, but it's not. No shade. No shade at all. To those our Nebraska and Idaho listen, you know, folks. No, not at all. Got good potatoes. No, for sure. Not at all. But I live in a metropolis. I live in the third largest city in the country. Like, it's not by any means a downgrade. In some respects, it's probably an upgrade because now I don't have to worry about, like, outrageous um, apartments and really, really crowded streets and, you know that kind of thing like there's definitely pros and cons to any kind of situation but um again just trying to look for the silver lining so i'm okay yeah don't worry about me guys i'll be fine <laughs> anyway what's up with you james yeah well you know i want you know i'm just really have been now even more <laughs> thinking about data yeah and just how integral it now is to our living space you know what i mean yeah like i don't know i've just been really pondering about it a lot lately um mainly because i've just been feeling a little i guess you wouldn't sit necessarily say nostalgic but yeah nostalgic's actually the wrong word but i don't know i was thinking a lot about how i looked at the internet and i think this is back when you can call the internet like a capital I. Yeah. Um, where it was a destination. Yeah, where it was a destination and it was a place you went to Mm -hmm. and then you left it. Um, And now... Cyberspace. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. The World Wide Web. Yeah, yeah. Imagine uh, kids with bowl cuts uh, being in front of towers and just seeing a bunch of green text going across their face. That's the the Matrix. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The the, the Matrix. Yeah. and now it's not necessarily destination anymore. It's more of just an integral part of your being. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never really realized that until um, pretty recently. And that was when it's been like day three without having my Apple Watch on. Oh, yeah. Um, What's that about? And <laughs> uh, it wasn't voluntary. Uh, long story short, it happened um, a few days ago. I was having a bit of screen separation on the device. You know, it's version one product. You mm-hmm. know, problems are bound to be had. And I sent it in to get it replaced. So I've been not being an Android uh, <laughs> for like the past uh, five days. Oh, my gosh. And it's weird. It's like I'm going through withdrawal. Yeah, Phantom of, Limb. Yeah, Phantom Phantom Limb libera- uh, literally. Um, of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of sort of that dependence on having... Um, wearable technology. Wearable technology and sort of uh, ubiquitous uh, data and mm-hmm. connectivity and the benefits that comes around. And... You know, it it just it just really fascinates me because it just really makes me think a lot about 
the things that we um, voluntarily sign up for, mm-hmm. the things we voluntarily let us track, and sort of the benefits and the cons that come about with that. Do you ever think about that? Yeah, totally. Um, like one of my favorite apps that I use on my phone <clears throat> is this um, menstruation app called Clue. And I like it a lot because the push notifications are really funny. <laughs> um, like How so? The, um, my last cycle was last week, and um, I didn't check in. I didn't put in my first day information. I was a couple of days late on putting my information in, but I wasn't late in real life. But my phone thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> and it, like, popped up at, like, 10 a.m. I was, like, in a meeting, and it, like, bloom, and it says, um, you're late, you better not be pregnant. And I was like, oh, who is this? Because first off, I didn't see the fact that it said Clue. I just thought it was like some random person. Right. like, who is on my phone? Like imagine your friend me? just texting yeah, you and be exactly. like, hey girl. Yeah, I was very pregnant? much like sliding into my DMs. Like, <laughs> um, who the hell is this calling, calling me out in a meeting at 10 a.m.? The right, fuck? right, right. And it was awesome though. And I was like, oh shit, I better like get on it. And like, got, it made me accountable. It made me super accountable to like my cycle. Right. And it's interesting because I've been using it now for almost a year. And it's a really great design. It like tracks not just your cycle, but also fertility, your ovulation, your sexual activity. Like it's fantastic. It's really great. And it gives you all this informative information um, just about like what ovulation is if you're kind of ignorant. You know, it's like it's like a sexual education right there on your phone. It's fantastic. And I really like it. And it's a really pretty app too. Just like really stellar design. So a uh, shout out to Clue. It's spelled C-L-U-E, like the board game, but there's no kernel mustard, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, and um, that, like, reminds me, again, like, talking about voluntary mm-hmm. data input. Um, and that reminds me a lot of an app I use called LifeSum. And with LifeSum, what it is is it is a... Um, nutrition and water tracking application. Oh, nice. I have a terrible habit of not drinking enough water in the day. Same. And when I bike everywhere, you tend to remember <laughs> um, when you're getting lightheaded that, you know, I should probably be drinking some water. Um, and the reason why I like this app, I've used a crap ton of um, tracking apps over the years. But the reason why I stuck with this one is because, like you share, the notifications seem really personalized. They're a lot of fun. Um, the watch app notifications give you fun little animations that go along with the type of thing that they're asking for. Like it's something that's really simple. Like if it's reminding you to drink water, it's like a cute little animated gif of water spilling mm-hmm. on your watch. It's like, hey, it's time for some bottled water. That's really funny. Or um, you know, little things like that. And it uses um, the words you. Uh, versus it's time for this. It's like, yeah. you know, hey. It's a pronoun, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm checking in on you. I'd like to hear what your breakfast was. Yeah, you and, know? And, it's, and it's cool because it's like a friend and not just your phone. Right, right, and right. There, and if, there, if there's nothing else more personal in this world, it's your phone. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like what we talked about earlier um, about like finding a form of empathy um, in the design as far as like data entry because, you know, data is very personal. It is, it's... It's your algorithms. Right, right. Just so in a, yeah. just, you know, just in a coding form, but it's, you know, how you are interact with technology mm-hmm. and it responds to that. So when you uh, use these 
like apps like for instance clue mm-hmm. um does the its friendly nature make it more prone for you to um enter data into it willingly absolutely like um like i know we've spoken about notifications in a past episode you should check it out it's really good but um I don't really use notifications on my phone, and that is one out of, I think, I've actually upgraded to seven apps on my phone now that have notifications. Whoa. I know. Big deal. I know. I'm growing. It was like three at first, now I have four. (laughs) (laughs) Out of like like the 70 apps I have on my phone or whatever, I have seven now that have push notifications, but that's one of them, and it was actually part of the original four Mm -hmm. because of the way it interacts, and it's it's not invasive as some... Um, notifications can be it's and it doesn't you know annoy me like some notifications does but do but um it's timely like I forgot to check my notific- my, uh, my cycle and that's really important like right. just in general because but if I wasn't on my period <laughs> and like wait a minute oh fuck mm-hmm. so like for the fact that um I was able to um respond to that and get that kind of feedback from my technology and that empathy, I was able to um, be able to put more data in there. So, mm. so it has something more to read. Yeah. So I guess switching gears, you know, yeah. we talked about voluntary data entry. Um, so now let's start talking about the dark, invo- side. <laughs> <laughs> the dark side of data. Yeah. Um, involuntary yeah. Um, data entry or tracking. Yeah. I've gotten some uh, jarring ones recently. Yeah. 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 Tell me about that. Um, the most jarring one was about seven months ago. Um, as I said earlier, my mother has been sick and I've been in leave for the past couple of years. But um, she had a surgery back in March. And I had been at the hospital pretty much every day and was continuing being at the hospital for about three weeks like almost every day sometimes even spending the night checking up on her and making sure she was okay and I would get push notifications from um Foursquare which I eventually took off my notifications because of this incident and it was because they were asking me oh you've been to Northwestern Hospital three times this week you know, you should check out blah, blah, blah. You know, you get a discount at this or you should check in here. And it's like, wait a minute, what? Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is this? Right. I don't want you knowing that I'm like, it's bad enough that I'm here, but I don't want to be reminded that I am here on my phone. And yeah, it's a form where it's almost like you wish that the phone had some sort of context or not necessarily phone, but the software yeah. had a form of context that's Absolutely. versus you that might work here and is there often versus someone that is going there for not so great reasons right and might not want to think about the great deal of a sandwich they can get down the street absolutely i don't give a shit about the fact that i can get a a donut and a coffee special if they come come through in these hours or like you get there before four o'clock you get like an extra donut like i don't i don't care about that right you know what the fuck and it was really horrible and i just i almost deleted the entire app because i was that offended by it but i just took the notifications off and um have since had a better relationship with that app but um yeah just that kind of jarringness of um being living your human experience and having it being infiltrated by some form of algorithm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all, it's that strange form of um, sort of passive uh, data entry. Cause I know Foursquare, for instance, and this is again, like if you opt in of the automatic uh, 
tracking of location, um, which can be useful, but a lot of times it can misfire. Um, I think of a uh, not so great example, my own self, um, with using um, Facebook and how, um, you know, it has mounds and mounds of data um, of you just based on cookies and assorted information. Um, and after one of my really, really great friends passing away, um, deciding to um, still ask me to check in, him into certain locations to wish him happy birthday, um, so on and so forth. And just to Facebook, you know, I'm a data set, um, you know, but a lot of those things are missing that form of empathy of realizing that, hey, maybe this person has passed away and it can somehow read on the wall that there's a lot of things that say miss you wish you were here maybe it should realize hey is this person passed away let us send an automated message to the people who are marked down as family member to this person to confirm if this person has passed Mm -hmm. like thinking about ways that empathy can be used to drive sort of like those less um, false positives that, you know, in your case share of, you know, being told about a sandwich. Right. Or terrible a, times, a donut. Yeah. It's like, or, and, or, this, and it takes you away from what's going on too. And yeah, not in yeah, a good yeah. way. And I'm interested though, too, about the Facebook because, you know, they've recently had the legacy um, component to the Facebook. I'm not, and I mean, anybody who's listening, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not sure if the algorithms have, adjusted to that as well so like if someone does you know if there is a instance where it would suggest you check with somebody mm-hmm. who um, has passed away if there is some kind of block on that once they pass away because of the legacy yeah issue i'm curious so yeah if that is wrong so yeah like if you know out there if you're listening hit us up on twitter let us know what's going on. I'm interested. For yeah, sure. we'll do some follow up. Yeah, yeah, but it's not always bad though. I mean, like no. sometimes, like you get some really good um, sort of uh, things that come from uh, passive data. Sure. Like, for instance, when I changed my relationship status from in a relationship to engaged, I got some really good suggestions on great menswear places. Um, but you're well, you're you're married. Oh yeah, I'm married. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, obviously. Uh, <laughs> um, so I got some really good uh, suggestions on um, menswear places and places that I could get my hair cut or, um, you know, those little ads that would be injected in your newsfeed, mm-hmm. um, which were actually pretty helpful. I mean, like I found g- good deals on flights from stupid little um, display ads that have popped up and Same. surrounded. Same. Yeah, so... It's strange, like, it's this weird um, push and pull and tug of war that we have with data, um, which is why I'm actually really interested if you're aware of all of um, the new content blockers that are coming out in um, the iOS platform. No, I'm actually, can you uh, let me know what's that about? So, um, in iOS, um, which is Apple's uh, mobile operating system, um, in iOS 9, they're going to be introducing these things called content blockers. And what it is is kind of like um, how ad blockers are set up on desktop devices. Oh, yeah. um, so they're called content blockers because 
they can be set up to block certain forms of content on web pages. You can block certain swatches of HTML, CSS, but what it's more importantly known for is JavaScript blocking, uh, which is usually used for um, sort of malicious um, ad tracking networks um, that are placed into different websites. So a good example is that website that has the display ads that tends to show you things you've been uh, Googling um, that pop up and it kind of follows you from site to site. Mm -hmm. Um, They're usually pretty invisible, um, but those are the type of things that are going to get blocked, um, including more than likely um, ads on websites. So a lot of online publishers and things of that nature are kind of shaking in their boots um, Mm -hmm. for this thing. Yeah, I mean, that's really helpful because like, just getting pop-ups when I'm playing games is annoying. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times I'm just, you know, not, I don't want to be tracked all the time. It's between my <laughs> phone. Like, it's... Right. And just that empathy, like you were saying, you know, like, for me, I like I like the technology where the empathy is silence mm-hmm. and discretion, you know? Like, that's what it comes down to is just, like, realizing that this certain entity can should be hands off. Right. And realizing that and having that fortitude to see that, you know, maybe I shouldn't, you know, advertise this donut shop in walking distance to a hospital and just having in, in knowing the difference. And yeah, that's a little, you know, technology becoming more human. But again, like, I mean, I, I'm kind of wary about that part of it. But again, like if I don't know, that it knows that, then that's healthier for me as opposed to, you know, you know, having that constant interaction. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So for empathy and designing technology, is that a yay or nay for you? Um, Like I'm on the fence still, but again, like I, I think technology should have empathy, but I shouldn't know about it. Hmm. I like, I wanted to be, you know, behind the curtain. It, like should be in the, it should be in the ones and zeros. I should have no idea what's going on under there. Hmm. I should just know, you know, I, I would be, I would feel safer and a little more calmer if hmm. it wouldn't, you know, give me jarring notifications. Hmm. Yeah. What about you? I'd have to agree with you on that. I'm a little bit more on the side of, yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'm all down for when my technology tends to blend in the background and almost takes on a bit of a humanized approach. I think that's <laughs> I think that's why I really enjoy um, like wearable devices and yeah. um, Bluetooth as like a protocol um, because it really like removes a lot of things like wires and sort of the thinking that goes behind sure. connecting. I just want to be able to like you know still control the technology. I want it to control me. Mm. And that's kind of where I am. Maybe that's like a very like old man like I don't want the robots to take over our lives. But I know that I'm t- kind of I'm kind of dumb, and I'll be a slave to a, a robot very quickly. So I'm trying to you know keep that mm. at bay as long as I can. Shout out to Roboism. Roboism. Another fellow podcast on the yes. Chicago Podcast Co-op. Yes. Yeah, because you know I'm I'm down for the robot takeover. Uh, I definitely want them to. Uh, as long as like, they're, as long as, like, as long as the robots are feminists, then that's cool. <laughs> well, I feel like it's it's all about the uh, the programmers and how they program the robots to be. Let's hope that they have forms of empathy when they're programming and these feminism robots. for sure. Oh yeah, some ladies out there, or at least you know guys who lean towards feminism, not 
None of this patriarchy shit. I don't know. Patriarch. Patriarch man. Patriarchy robot. Uh, <laughs> my oh, actual man. nightmare. Oh man, imagine like a mansplaining robot. Uh, <laughs> man spreading robot. <laughs> it's like move your kneecaps <laughs> and your balls. <laughs> So this week we're going to give a shout out to a really awesome podcast called Blastro Podcast. The Blastro Podcast. It's a comedy talk show focused on science bursting with absurdity. Bursting. And that is uh, the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. CPC. CPC. Shout out to Blastro Blastro Podcast. Damn it, James. Hey, Cher. Hey. You know what time it is? Nope. What time is it? Well, obviously you know what time it is because we do this every week. <sighs> but I get confused. All right. Well, I'll tell you again. It is open call time. Open call time? Open call time. Oh, my God. It's open call time. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's open call time. <laughs> so what are you digging this week? I am digging this app that I said I was going to mention earlier in the program, but it's called Pillow. Um, it is a sleeping app and you actually uh, got me into it, gosh, maybe six or seven months ago. And it is delightful. It is really great. Um, it's, and I've been using it now consistently for about seven months now and it really knows me. It tells you what time you should go to sleep at night and it adjusts it to how you sleep throughout, you know, over a course of months, weeks, days, and it shows like what time you get up in the morning, what kind of person you are, what time it would be good for you to get the optimal sleep. It also records it, how how long of what percentage of your sleep at night is are as REM cycle, light sleep, deep sleep, and then when you're awake actually at night. Mm-hmm. And it's really great, but I think the best feature is the lab feature, which is little anecdotes little pieces of of information they give you to you every few days they'll refresh it and give it to you which are like kind of like tips and little studies that show what kind of um sleep would be good for you um as far as like women need sleep more like they 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 work better with eight hours or more which is i'm not sure if that is true or not but it's interesting um don't eat, you know, two hours before, don't eat two hours before you go to sleep, things like that. And it's just really been helpful, especially since I've been going through a lot of stress as late. And it's also kind of just shown how kind of, what the kind of sleep I've been getting from the anxiety ridden sleep I was getting, which is about 45% of sleep I was getting a night. And then the drastic change to when I was, you know, not as anxious, which is about 80% of sleep I get at night. <laughs> so yeah, it's been really great for me. I've, I'm not as tired as I was, and it's also just because I know how much sleep I'm getting, and I feel a little more at ease. So Pillow is the app. It's really great. They have a free edition, but it's also, I think, the paid edition is like $5, but it's totally worth it because they actually um, record your sleep, 
and you can hear audio of you sleeping. So you can tell if you're snoring, if you have sleep apnea, you can hear if you're not breathing properly, things like that. If you're grinding grinding your teeth, things like that. Or even you talk in your sleep too. Like it does all of that. So it is honestly one hell of an app. Like it's really, really not only that, but like the design of the app is so great beautiful it's really pretty my favorite color purple (laughs) and it's really cleverly designed yeah the the audio thing alone was super helpful um and actually diagnosing some stuff that was going on with me i realized that i was stressing out a little too much and i actually was talking in my sleep and points of not breathing and having that ability like it sounds so dumb of oh yeah you can like hear audio of your sleep but it's really freaking helpful. No, it's seriously helpful. Like, I was grinding my teeth at one point, and I could hear myself grinding my teeth. And it really freaking, it really freaked me out. And I, and it was because, and like, and also just monitoring the rest of my sleep as well. Like, I was grinding my teeth, and I was having 45% um, sleep at night, and sleeping technically for eight hours, but only about four hours if that was actual sleep. So, yeah, Pillow app is just really great. Um, a cosign on that. Yeah. So what about you, James? What's, what are you feeling this week? So what I'm feeling this week, if you might have heard some things in the background, aka like this keyboard popping around, because I forgot the name of it, but I was sent it in a random Slack uh, message, is the smart halo. This thing is ridiculous. Okay. What is it? So, so it's this little device that you place on the handlebars of your bike and you create uh, your bike into a smart bike and the cool thing about this thing is not only is it incredibly small and light and the battery lasts a long time but it is um almost unstealable in a way um i should actually describe what the thing does is it water, <laughs> resi- is it water resistant oh it's water resistant too like okay. it's a super thoughtful piece of design so the it's entire really so the entirety of this thing is um it connects to your smartphone um it Look, uh, imagine it as like a little hub and its only form of user interaction is a series of lights that is in a ring on the top of the bike. Um, so it does everything from connects to its own proprietary mapping system that will blink in different directions. If you have to turn to a new to a different location, um, has an automatically chargeable um, headlight that automatically turns off and on when you get on and off the bike and when it um, turns dark at night. Um, it automatically tracks your rides. Um, it has the theft deterrent. Um, it's just, I can't like wow. say how awesome and it's this really thing is. pretty. Yeah, it's pretty freaking beautiful. Um, yeah. so I'm gonna put give me one. Yeah, so the smart Halo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little Kickstarter project. Yo, Halo, Halo, Halo. If you like what you heard on this last episode of the Open Ended Podcast, please give us a shout out on iTunes, either by rating us a five star so we can get higher in the charts or leaving a review. We really appreciate it. Until next time, keep things open ended.